The reading is from Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Lexi. As Kate mentioned, this is our third week into our Sunday sermon series on Life Matters, everyday issues that we all face in one way or another. And today we're exploring the theme, Making Decisions. I couldn't decide whether to speak on making decisions or being indecisive. But you may remember the old joke about the psychiatrist who asks his patient if he has trouble making decisions, and the patient answers, well, doctor, yes and no. Or the story about the married couple who was celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary. And at the party, everyone wanted to know uh, the, the secret for their successful marriage and how they stayed married for so long. And the husband responded, well, when we were first married, we made an agreement. I would make all the major decisions and my wife would make all the minor decisions. And I can honestly say, in 60 years of marriage, we've never had to make one major decision. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure uh, all those men chuckling. Maybe a story behind that. Anyway, we won't go there. Right. Making decisions isn't always easy. You may have noticed. In fact, it's a minefield. What's the right decision to make? How do I know what to decide? And if I choose this, what if things don't work out? These are questions that we all grapple with. I know because I do myself, and I know from many of you that you do too. We struggle to make decisions for all sorts of reasons. Decisions about life-changing things like studying, and careers, relationships, family, parenting, and where to live. But if you're anything like me, then the decisions about everyday things 
can be tough enough. Like which coffee shop to go to, or what jumper to wear, or what to choose from the menu. I'm, if anybody's ever been out to a, a restaurant with me, you'll know that I'm terrible at choosing from menus. I like to keep my options open. And then there are the impulsive decisions. Should I say those words? Or what on earth should I say? Should I react angrily? Or how should I react? What can I do to help this situation? Do I need that shirt, dress, skirt, handbag, iPad, pair of shoes? Obviously by I, I mean we. <laughs> Honestly. Is it best to write that letter of complaint? Should I ignore that person who upset me? Or should I speak to them? Is expressing this opinion going to help or is it going to hinder? Should I turn a blind eye or do something? Or should I kick that ball boy in that football match? Decision making is a big part of life. And it matters. It matters to us and it matters to those we share our lives with. And let's be honest. Let's be really honest. Making decisions is a tricky business. So how do we make good or healthy decisions? Is there a recipe for success? When facing difficult or significant decisions, or when we want to address the way we impulsively make unfortunate or unhelpful decisions, where can we go for help? Well, as Christians and as members of Christchurch, Baston Hill, we say we turn to God and to his word, the Bible, for help. And quite rightly so. But how will involving God more fully in our decision-making help, if at all? What support or guidance can we rely on from God? And what help or inspiration does the Bible offer us? Well, today's Bible passage that Lexi read for us contains some fantastically helpful hints to help us explore these questions, and many more besides. But we've only got time to look at one or two this morning. It's literally a taster or a starter. So if you want to go into these things in greater depth, there'll be opportunity for that in home group discussions uh, through the notes that are available. You've either received them over email or they're available in paper form in the foyer. Did you know that the book of Proverbs contains the wisdom of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel? Although perhaps not all of it was written by Solomon, the commentators just can't decide. It's said that people came from all over the ancient world to listen to and benefit from the wisdom of Solomon. So it's no wonder then that his words were recorded in a book that could then be passed down through the ages and so that now we can benefit from them too. Solomon points out that we're all walking the path of life. And life has two main branches. The branch chosen by the wise produces joy, purpose and hope. And the branch chosen by the foolish brings heartache, sorrow and destruction. Does this mean then that if we get every single decision right in life that we won't have any problems? I'm afraid not. Not at all. Wise decisions can lead to trouble and struggles. Just look at the Apostle Paul. He made the wisest decision of all to follow Jesus. 
And yet, in his second letter to the church in Corinth, he writes a long list of his troubles that he came up against. Prison, flogging, 40 lashes, he was shipwrecked. It's a very long list. The truth is that the path of many a wise person has been littered with struggles. The point that Solomon is making is that wise choices can help bring along joy, purpose and hope in whatever life throws at us. So how can we join up with the wise? How can we be part of the wise group of people? How do we make wise decisions? How do we avoid foolishness and foolish decisions? Because we clearly want to avoid those. I want to avoid adding to the heartache, sorrow and destruction of the world. And I'm sure you do too. Well, the key is in verse 5 of chapter 3 of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. They're probably quite familiar words to you. This is the essence of all wisdom in life. Throw yourself face down before the Lord. Lie helpless, helplessly before him. This is what Solomon is getting at. This is what he's encouraging us to do. God asked the prophet Jeremiah, if you fall helplessly in a safe place, what will you do when things get really tough? Really tough. And he asks him this in chapter 12 of Jeremiah. Well, Jeremiah learns that the answer is, of course, to not rely on his own thoughts and his own understanding, but to lean on God's, to depend on him fully for support, to trust in God. And so the important thing for all of us is to remember that we will fall. Life will cause us to stumble. And when we do, we need to avoid simply falling helplessly. But instead, to choose to fall helplessly before the Lord. There's a huge difference between falling helplessly and falling helplessly before the Lord. I'm sure a number of us have looked on as some of the people we know and love have fallen helplessly in life. And you've prayed, and you've prayed, and you've prayed that they would be able to fall helplessly before God. Because you know that leaning on God makes all the difference in the world. It makes a big and lasting impact. This is a crucial decision that we can all make. I can make it and you can all make it. And this one decision will make a difference to all our decision making in the future. Because we'll be recognizing our weakness before we even start thinking things through. Before we even get to deciding on the detail. Because we'll be leaning on God for his support. In all your ways, acknowledge him, Solomon tells us. This is so much more than giving God a vague sort of nod. This is about knowing him. This is about trusting him as our friend. As that, the wonderful words of that first song we sang, no, the second song we sang this morning, that new one, that talked about God being our friend. Making this crucial choice comes, though, with a wonderful promise that the Lord will make our paths straight. 
Now, clearly, Solomon is wise enough to realize that our paths through life often become anything other than straight. They can chaotically twist and turn this way and that, and they bring along sharp, unexpected turns. For Kate and I, this has certainly been true. You don't think, see some things coming in life, and then once they do, you wonder when the zigzag bends are ever going to end. It's difficult. And yet Solomon delivers this wonderful promise with great certainty. And he uses two very powerful words. He will. He will. He will. They're very powerful words where God is concerned. So leaning on God as our friend, a friend that we can totally trust, will ultimately bring direction and clarity and smooth the road out before us. Solomon does not promise that God will set us on another path, that God will take away the circumstances that that particular stretch of road is bringing along, but that God is at work for good along the road, on the journey, helping us to plot a more direct path through the difficulties with his strength, with his comfort and his guidance. Have you and I found that promise to be true yet? Are we choosing to fall helplessly? Or have we chosen or are we choosing to fall helplessly before the Lord, leaning on his support? You know, this decision will affect all our future decisions. But I think that this particular wisdom of Solomon still leaves us with a couple of questions, and I want to explore those briefly now. Firstly, how does God show his support when we face decisions? Well, I think we could say that God shows his support in as many ways as there are people. It's different for every single one of us. But if we were all to share our stories this morning of the ways in which God has shown us support, there would be some common themes, there'd be some common elements to to those stories. We might say that it was through prayer, or through dreams, through other people, their help and their guidance, through our passion, through our ideas, our gut feeling or intuition, and of course, God's Word, the Bible. God has shown me support for my decisions in all sorts of ways over the years. I remember once when I was grappling with the call to ordination, and I really was grappling with it. Kate and I, we went on a walk, and we went, it was a lovely uh, sunny spring day, and we walked through the woods and the bluebells. And through that conversation, God gave me more courage and reassurance than I could have ever imagined. But the second question that I think we're left with is this. When making a decision, is there only one right option? Have you ever almost blown a fuse over trying to discern which choice is the right one for you? I know I have. The choice that God wants us to make so that everything is going to be okay. The choice that is in line with God's will so that all that follows will be, will be brilliant and we'll have no trouble. We can get ourselves into that situation so often. You may have heard Kate and I say uh, before 
that years ago when Kate was looking for a curacy and I was looking for another church post, we had a choice between leafy, prosperous and attractive Rygate and concrete, ugly and slightly unnerving Luton. And we visited Rygate and on the way home we visited Luton. And when we got out of the car, I remember we, had, we both had a very clear gut instinct that Luton was the right place. But everything in us fought against that. And so we still weren't 100% sure. And then a lovely friend gave us a word of encouragement from the Bible. And it was Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Well, I remember thinking at the time, thank you for that. Clear as mud. We were young. We wanted a clear indication one way or another. And of course, sometimes that does come. Maybe we should have paid more attention to that gut feeling that we had. But more often than not, a clear indication one way or another doesn't come. But God's promise is certain. He will, says Solomon. He'll be with us on that path. Whatever choices we make in life, whether they lead to more trouble or less trouble, more success or less success, a bigger house or a smaller house, God will never leave us. That same song that we sang earlier reminded us of that same truth. He'll be with us always, everywhere. The key is acknowledging that he is. This is not to take anything away from Solomon's wisdom about wise and foolish choices. That stands. But the promise that God will be with us on whatever path we choose, following whatever choices we make, is incredibly reassuring. Because there are no boundary marks for the grace of God. Last week, Colin from Bikers Church told us that following all sorts of foolish decisions and choices that he made without any reference to God whatsoever, God sought him out and poured the love of his son Jesus into his life. Colin had chosen the foolish path, but God met with him and helped him to make better choices in life. And ever since, he's helped Colin to choose that wise path by enabling to trust him more fully and to follow Jesus each and every day. And that can be true for all of us, not just Colin. Making decisions, if you hadn't noticed, is a tricky business. But the key to wisdom in all our choices is this. Our trust and God's promise. Our trust in God as our 100% dependable friend the one we can lean on for support, guidance and strength. The choice we make, therefore, this lifestyle choice to fall helplessly face down before God and not just to fall helplessly. This can radically affect the way that we make our decisions, whether they're life-changing ones or everyday ones, whether they're about a job move or what to say and do in the heat of an argument. And the promise that God is with us on every path we choose, working for good to bring us through whatever life throws at us, is a great one. 
that in itself is an encouragement to rely on God for all the choices we have to make today and in the future. Why turn our noses up at that kind of promise? So today, how are we going to depend on God more fully in the decisions we have to make? I encourage us all to start by doing one very important, but one very simple thing. To fall helplessly before him. So that we can continue to do that in the future too. Fall helplessly before him. I'm going to finish with the words of a poem that Kate and I uh, like especially. It talks of a decision and the travelling of a road less, sorry, and choosing of a road less travelled. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveller. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how we, way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less travelled by. And that has made all the difference.